to be in front of you guys this morning. Uh, I just want to uh, thank uh, the team again for doing such an excellent job, for leading us into worship, leading us to the throne the way you guys did. And also, too, uh, we had quite the week. We, we took some of the high school kids on a trip to San Diego, and then we've been, he said locked out, but we were locked in to the church uh, the past couple days. So uh, if you don't mind, will the city uh, youth leadership team stand up? Can the leadership team stand up? Uh, you guys are the true heroes. I'm so proud of you guys. I can't thank you enough for all you do. Uh, you, you guys are amazing. I love you so much. Kids, you guys have been great. Uh, one thing, I, I'm not going to preach today about uh, a, a youth-related message, or I'm not going to give some huge update on our ministry, but one thing I just want to do, you guys come real quick. You guys come up real quick. So one thing I, I do want to say about this group here is uh, that they are just really a representation of who we are as City Youth. Uh, we, we are multicultural. Uh, we come from different backgrounds. These young people, uh, some of them from single-parent homes, some from two-parent homes. Uh, some of them have faced uh, incredible tra- tragedies in life. Some of them faced uh, things that often they'll say uh, tailspin youth into uh, suicidal thoughts, drug addictions, hanging out with the wrong crowd as a result of the interactions or the, the, the uh, incident in their life, whether it was a part of their control or not. But the difference between uh, these young people and the young people who do tailspin that way is that they have had an encounter with Jesus that has changed them for the rest of their life. And they've made a choice that they're going to honor him with what they do. And they're going to use their gifts uh, to bring glory and honor to him. And I just can't uh, thank you guys enough. And, I, and I'm, I'm talking about them, but they represent the, the so many. All you guys are amazing. You guys are all spread out here. But they represent just who we are. Uh, if, if, if anyone was to ask me what our youth ministry is all about, I would give you the same answer as any other ministry in this church. Uh, the same answer is the kids ministry. The same answer is men's and women's uh, CLGs. It's, it's our goal is to bring people who are far from God to find life in Christ. And it's no different. Our CTC, the CTC vision is the youth vision and vice versa. We are not a separate ministry. We are not a separate church. We are a part of this body and we represent uh, you in this city. And we just love to what we do. Yeah, we throw in some uh, water slides and fruit snacks, but that brings them in and, and we lead them to Jesus. So uh, one last thing I want to say uh, about th- these youth and so many others, the, the, the difference also I see uh, in them that, that, that I don't all, always see in the community with kids who are struggling is that every one of these families represented are active members of CTC. They serve. They're in a CLG. They come to awakening prayer. So a lot of times I'll say that teenagers are probably the worst at doing what you, what you tell them to do. But they are the very best at replicating what is consistent, consistently modeled for them. So uh, these young people are going to do whatever they see and take in the most in their home. So uh, I thank you guys so much. I honor you. I love you guys. You did a great job. You guys can sit. All right. Great job. Thank you. One more time. One more time for this little worship team here. They're great. So I'm actually, I guess I'm done. Zero on the clock. Uh, I'm actually going to kick off a, a new series uh, that we're going to do the next three weeks. It's called Beyond the Stories. It, it, it stemmed from a message I, I uh, preached a, a few months back. But what it is, we're going to talk about how God can do great things uh, with us and through us despite us. 
Does anybody understand what I mean by that? Uh, I believe that uh, some of us have already experienced that and others, it's right on the other side of the horizon for you. But it's cool to be able to bring uh, stories and characters uh, from the Bible to, uh, uh, to life here, uh, here in 2018 as, as we, we march through this life and this journey that God's allowed us to be on. And what we want to do is we want to take some of these prominent characters out. Oftentimes when we read about them in the Bible, we hear about the great things that they've done. Uh, the great accomplishments for, for the Lord that they've done. But we want to talk about how God used them despite their failures, despite their downfalls, and despite the fact that they were uh, truly just human like me and you. Uh, so, so I just want to jump right into that. I, I hope you uh, are okay with me just being myself up here and really having a conversation and communicating with you guys the best I know how because uh, I'm excited to be here. So I'm going to preach from one verse and we'll get rolling. Is it, is it up there? Mark uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 52. What does it say? It says he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. Can you pray with me? Nah, what? That's a real verse. I have five points for that verse right there. No, I'm not, I'm not preaching out of that. But youth pastors have to say edgy things. So let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, if you don't mind. Acts chapter 9. And we're going to start uh, in verse 3. I'm going to give you a minute to get there. Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 3. I want to share something real quick. If, if you're new here, if you're a visitor, or if you're new to the faith, uh, know this. We read the Bible every time we gather here because we believe it's the inspired word of God. We believe that uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to men and they put uh, pen to paper. And it is our guide for our lives. The answer to all of earth's problems, all of the direction we will ever need is right here in this book. It is relevant for today. And we believe every single word in here. Amen. CTC, are we good with that? And one more thing. If you have your paper Bible, can you hold it up for me? Paper Bible. Come up. That's the most saved people. Here we go. Paper Bibles. I will say this. I'm a firm believer in the holy iPhone and iPads and all those things, but uh, I've said this once, but this is what I believe. Uh, My voice can come through your iPhone. My face can pop up on your iPad. Uh, Bad news can come up on your iPhone and your iPad. Uh, Only one voice speaks through this book right here. Only one face shows on this book right here. There's no such thing as good news in this book. So I encourage you, get yourself a paper Bible because you will only encounter truth when you open this. You might open that phone and encounter who knows what. But I I guarantee you, every time you open this book, you're going to encounter life, truth, and life-giving things that are going to lead you into your purpose and destiny. Amen? All right, I'll get on with it. Here we go. Uh, Acts chapter 9. Uh, verse three, and it says this, as he was approaching Damascus on the mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless For they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas, When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. 
I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can, so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading, he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take the message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you uh, that your presence is already mighty in this room for the atmosphere that we uh, get to enjoy because of your Holy Spirit. I ask that you remove me, speak your word, speak your truth. Uh, let it pierce and penetrate hearts in the way that only you can. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Has, has anyone else besides me ever had any weird jobs? Like when I, when I say like weird jobs, if I, if I name off one of your, 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 your jobs or like your profession that you really love, just know I'm awkward. So I make things weird. So don't think that I'm talking bad about prof- your profession. If I, if I say that, but, but I've had some, some pretty weird jobs. Like I, I remember growing up and, and seeing people with paper routes and, and thinking that would be so cool when I'm a teenager, but I didn't imagine myself doing it in my early twenties in a beat up SUV. You know, it, it just, it wasn't, wasn't cool. Uh, there's also, uh, UPS is such a great career. I know, I know uh, awesome UPS drivers. And, and most of the time, uh, people who, who work for UPS a lot of times start off an entry-level position on the, where they put packages on the conveyor belt. But a lot of people don't know that there is a weird position for UPS called a runner. And they found me, and I was a runner, for a driver by the name of Charlie Bloomquist over there. And this is what the runner does. The runner shows up so proud in their brown, I looked like a overgrown unwrapped Tootsie Roll or something, all that brown. And I showed up and this is what they do. They, they give you the package because it's normally winter time. So they're, they're thinking of all the stuff they can do. And they give you the package and they're like, go, go, go. And you're just so excited to run. And you put the package by the door. And, the, and then you realize uh, when you get there that that family has decided to raise wolves. And they're coming around the corner and you have to, and Charlie's like, come on. And, you know, it's just, it, it, it didn't fit me, you know. I'll tell you this, I know the hand of God was on my life uh, with this certain job because uh, when I met my beautiful bride, uh, Karina, wherever she is, uh, this was my job title. I was unarmed overnight security at a closed swap meet. Come on, somebody. God's good. Still nailed her. Let's go. But um, I will say this, with, with all of the, the different weird jobs that I've had, there's, there's no position that's uh, more uncomfortable or, or more uh, disheartening than being in between jobs when you know you really need one. Because you go through the process of applications and, and, and submitting resumes and, and, and you're, you're nervous and, and you're trying to make yourself sound as good as possible, you beef up your story as best you can. And you sit across from people who only know you based on one sheet of paper and they have about a five minute conversation and they start saying things that, that, that make you twist your story because you were a believer in your story when you got in there, but then you're not a believer based on what they said. The, the, well, personally, I'm a vegan. Well, I hated working at Taco Bell. You can cross that off. I, no, you know, or you start throwing things into your story that weren't relevant, but you're so desperate that you try to add to your story. You know, as a third grade spelling bee champ, I just wanted to let you know, you know, you just start adding things that don't even matter, but you, you're just trying to build your story so much. But unfortunately enough, we get to a point where at times we don't get the job that was first off that, w- that we thought would be offered to us. We start getting phone calls and emails saying, I'm sorry, uh, you weren't accepted for the position. So in our mind, we start to think I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. And because of my story, they don't need me and they don't want me. 
and we start to look at our story and it starts to disgust us and it starts to discourage us and it starts to really bother us that that's the, the, the history we have and the life that we chose to live and we let our story define the things that we pursue. Because you've been rejected, you start to look at the job listings, you start to look at the schools, you start to look at the relationships, and you start to disqualify yourself before you even apply because you think, based on my story, I'm not worthy of this. You start to, to look to, to the world and the things that you've envisioned for yourself and the future that you, you thought was designed for you, and you no longer see yourself in that position because based on my story, there's no way I would be allowed to be in that position allowed to be in that walk of life, allowed to be in in that group. Some of us have been there. And let me tell you when that's the worst. When we bring that heart, that mentality into the kingdom of God. We get to a point where we say, if they knew my story, they wouldn't want me leading a CLG. If they knew my story, they wouldn't want me to sign up for that grow track. Do not let me fall off this stage. If they knew my story... They wouldn't want me shaking hands. If they know that I still struggle with the alcohol, I still have a bit of a drug problem. If they heard about my divorce, the stint that I had in prison, they wouldn't want me. The announcements they make about CLGs, the announcements they make about serve day, that wouldn't be for me. I wouldn't have a seat at that banquet if they knew who I was. But fortunately enough, we serve a God who knows exactly who we are. And he still sees us and he knows us. And he says, I can still use you. You are still the one that I designed with my plans and my intentions. And that's what we see in the story of this man named Saul. And as we go to the passage, uh, we got to understand this. Saul is what they call Pharisee. Saul was a part of this religious or political sect of people that, that believed that you have to follow all 600 laws of the Old Testament in order to live a holy and righteous life. Most people I would say would call them hypocrites because there's no way that's at all possible. Only one person uh, lived a perfect life and he's still alive today. Amen. But he was, he was a Pharisee. And to add to that, his position was he was the arresting officer of the Hebrew people who started to follow what this movement was called the way. The way. They called it the way because they said this, we have discovered the way truly to live life the way truly to have a place in heaven. And that was following this man named Jesus. But Saul wasn't with that, and neither were the Pharisees. So his job was to arrest, arrest people who were following Jesus. Not only would he arrest them, but he would drag them out of their homes. He would have them imprisoned. He would have them beaten. And this man named Stephen, who is uh, widely considered the first Christian martyr, Saul was right by the side of, of, his, of his place of, of, of death. And not only was he there, but he casted his vote and he approved of it. His job was to make sure Christians were killed. His job was to make sure that Christians were beaten enough and drug enough that that they wouldn't believe in this Jesus anymore. So that takes him to this place called Damascus. And the reason he was going to Damascus is because he was already did his best to clear out Jerusalem of Christians. So he was going to Damascus, which is about a six day uh, walk away with paperwork because he went to the high priest and he got paperwork that says we are doing our best to clear you guys out of Jerusalem. And we don't have jurisdiction over there yet, but we have paperwork to tell you we're coming here next. These Jesus followers, you're not going to escape us. And when he, when he went on that walk, when he went on that, when he was on that journey, he had an encounter. And it says a, a bright light shone in his face that was so bright that it knocked him down. We know it was so bright because in some of the versions of the Bible, it says it was noon. So for it to be that bright during the day, that could only be a light that was provided by uh, the king of all the earth. And it knocked him down. 
And it was interesting. Uh, he, he woke up and he was blind. But one, one thing I want to say before that is that the voice said, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. That's the only time in the Bible in my early days right now of ministry that I've ever read the voice from heaven say Jesus. Other times I hear God or Lord, but it said Jesus. But why is it so significant that it said Jesus? Because Saul believed in God. Saul did his best to honor God. But when he heard the name Jesus, it told him two things. It told him one, Jesus is still alive. And two, he's king of all the earth because he's speaking from up in heaven. So he had to get picked up and led away by his friends. And I, I know a lot of us have never been knocked down to a point of blindness, but I believe that, that, that the Lord took him to his rock bottom. He took him to his rock bottom right before he wanted to use him the most. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of you feel like that you're serving. You're doing the best you can to raise your family. You're doing the best you can to pursue the jobs that you feel like God is leading you to. You're doing the best you can to pursue him, but you still feel like you're still at that rock bottom. Let let me tell you something. Saul was at his worst place before God ignited his ministry and used him to change the way we do life, the way we do church. And he changed the landscape of the world. So he's walking, and, and, and what, I, what I want to land on here is this conversation that the Lord had with this man named Ananias. You see, Ananias was a believer. He was in Damascus. He was a believer of the way. And he went to Ananias, and he said, hey, I've got this. The Lord spoke to me, and it's interesting because he showed, in a vision, he showed Ananias the vision that Saul had. So it was a vision in a vision. And he told him, I want you to go and pray for that guy. Pray for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit and pray for him to be healed. But I'm going to give you the title of this message. And yes, I'm into it. Don't think that I'm barely starting. But I'm going to give you the title of this message. And it's based on what Ananias said. In verse 13, and I'm going to paraphrase, Ananias basically said this. Wasn't he the one? Wasn't he the one who did all those terrible things? Wasn't he the one in Jerusalem dragging people out because of your name? This message is titled tonight, wasn't today. I'm so used to youth. I'm sorry. Wasn't he the one? Wasn't he the one? And the reply of the Lord was so interesting. But Ananias, he didn't say it with a a malicious heart. He didn't say it uh, in in a way that he was trying to to, uh, question the Lord in a way. he, he, He said it because he had a serious concern because of the stories that he heard about Saul. He said, he said, Lord, do you follow Saul on Instagram? Have you seen what this man posts? I'm not gonna bring up what happened to my main man, Steve, he was there. Are you sure it's him? And this is what the Lord said. And I feel like the Lord, even before he said, I know what he did. I knew who he was. But he said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. The Lord knows everything you've said. The Lord knows everything you've done. He knows the season you're currently in, but I will tell you this, the call of God transcends your story. The call of God goes beyond who you are, goes beyond what you've done. And because he called you, he can still use you for great and mighty things. You don't have to rule yourself out for a a beautiful future. You don't have to rule yourself out for your destiny or for the purpose that he called you to. It's his choice when he calls you. It's his choice, the process. All you have to do is say yes and follow. Some of you guys are, the smart people and thinkers, and you think, how is this possible? How can a loving God make this choice? Uh, what about all the things that he did do? 
What about all the, the people? What about all the suffering? And I, I, I want to teach you a word if you never heard it before. It's a word called justification. Justification can basically be defined by this. It's a who or a what that makes a wrong right. There's no opportunity for justification without a wrong. And there's no opportunity for justification without a right. We are the wrong. And the right was a man named Jesus who came down here and lived a perfect life and was crucified for our sins, carrying our pain and our shame to the cross and rose three days later, just like he said he would. And and because of him and because we can accept him, we become him. We become his righteousness. So God looks down at our mess, at our filth, at our thoughts and at our story and says, because of this Jesus that you've accepted, I look down and I see you just. I see you sanctified. I see you righteous. I see, I, I tell you and I declare to you that you can walk in your future, you can walk in your purpose, and everything that you've done before is washed away. And I'm the only one who has the power to do that. It says in uh, Romans 8, verse 3 through 4. We got it. I know I add that one late. I'm sorry. It says that, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses, the same law of Moses that Saul believed in so much was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we have as sinners that sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Listen, because you accept Jesus, you don't have to justify why you get to walk in freedom because you accepted Jesus. You don't get to just, you don't have to justify the blessings and the favor that you live in. You don't have to look at people and say, Hey, I know I don't deserve this, but this, this is happening. You can tell them only because of Jesus. Do I get to live this way? Yeah. I know who I was. I know about the divorce. Yeah. I had the drinking problem. Yeah. I had the drug problem. Yeah. Yeah. I I made horrible decisions. Yeah. I shouldn't be here, but because of my Jesus, I get to walk in this through this and he has more waiting for me. And my purpose is defined by him and not by my story. So I ask you, we love to use this phrase next steps. What are your next steps? Have you let your story define your goals? Have you let your story define how you serve, where you serve? the relationships you pursue, the amount of favor that you deserve. And I'll tell you what, we don't deserve anything. We don't want what we deserve. But because of Jesus, I get to preach of these promises. It's not because of us, it's despite us, because of this Jesus. And I'm gonna give two quick points. And the team can actually already come, the team can come. And the first one is this, and I said it already, the call of God transcends your story transcends meaning goes beyond the limitations goes beyond goes beyond what should be i challenge you today if you are living the life that you always thought you would if the success you're enjoying or the 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 horrible season that you're in is what you expected because of the life you lived i'm telling you right now i want you to really pursue god to think what is his calling for you because when we walk in his calling day after day event after event favor after favor blessing after blessing God blows our mind. 
When we walk in the call of God, it's always more and greater than anything we can imagine for ourselves. If you're, if you're walking in the call of God, you can't explain the life you live. And of course, there's going to be trials. Of course, there's going to be problems. But the fulfillment that you have, the joy that you have, the kindness in your heart can only be explained by this Jesus. And the second one is this. The call of God goes beyond our reality. Beyond our vision and expectations for ourselves, You can imagine what Moses was thinking as a person who was basically given up as an orphan and then taken in by a family and realizing who he belonged to has a stuttering problem, but God goes beyond his reality, goes beyond what he thinks he can be and do for himself and uses him to lead millions out of a nation, the most powerful nation. Think about David. When, when, when Samuel went to the house of Jesse looking for the next appointed king, David wasn't even invited to the house. They said, where are your sons? They're all here. Well, I don't see the one that we're here looking for. Oh, he's days away tending sheep. But the call of God on David was greater than the reality that anybody saw in him. It was greater than reality that David even saw for himself. And because of the call of God, he ended up being one of the greatest kings, one of the greatest writers, and someone that we can look to and say, if God can use him, and that same God can use me. So I don't know what your story is. I don't know where you are in your season, but I I can tell you this. There's a call of God on every one of us in here. He wouldn't put you in this building. He wouldn't allow you to worship so freely, to be in such an atmosphere, to be in such a nation of safety, to be in a city that allows us to worship in this house when and how we want if he didn't want to use you for great and mighty things. No one in this building is exempt. I don't care if you were high last night. Remember, Saul was on his way to try to get some Christians killed. And the very next day, he started, the the very moment, in fact, he started his devotional life. He didn't eat for the next three days because all he wanted to do was pray. It only takes a moment. It only takes an encounter. And I want to encourage you today to encounter Jesus in a way that will change the trajectory of your life. That will change the way you see your future. Will change the way you walk. Change the way you talk. It's so nice to be able to see, even in our house, the changes that have happened. I look and and I think to myself, wasn't he the one? Wasn't wasn't he the one whose wife used to have to sneak out of the church to say she was going to go walk the dog in order, I mean, sneak out of the house and go walk the dog in order to attend church? While the husband was sitting in the house and just drink beer and say, I don't want anything to do with that and you don't need to go either. But now, Elder Doug Bostwick serves the Lord as good as anybody I know. He's faithful. He's a loving man. And now the third generation of his family is here in CTC. And you say, wasn't he the one driving recklessly that night? Driving recklessly with with no care no intention to be safe and he slams into a family and takes the life of not one but two members of that family leading him into depression leading him into suicidal thoughts leading him into feeling worthless and declaring over and over and over they need to put me in a prison and let me rot 
but Sunday after Sunday, holiday after holiday, you get to shake the hand of this young man as he greets and he gets to look at you and said, my God forgave me. I don't have to walk in that depression. I was justified because I accepted this Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus that not only changed the direction of my life, but I know I am forgiven. I know I am loved and I don't have to look to my future and say that there's pain. I don't have to look to my future and say that I'm worthless. And wasn't she the one? Wasn't she the one who gets the phone call? Her husband pulled over thousands of dollars worth of cocaine in his truck. The husband spends day after day, week after week in jail. He finally gets put on some work release program. Can't go home, but still has to spend night after night in jail. So the wife, she, she's the one. So she shows up and brings fresh clothes for work the next day in the jail parking lot brings a home-cooked meal before he checks himself in in the jail parking lot pops open the computer and says we're going to get through this let's laugh let's watch something just for a few minutes before you have to check yourself in and then goes home and holds her own hair back as she throws up battling her first pregnancy of their first child alone he lays in jail as the detention officers and the other prisoners look at him and say your future is done you're going to lose your family You're going to embarrass your family. I don't know what makes you think you have any type of chance to be anybody after what you've done. He finally gets out. That couple's surrounded by people who love them. People who say, you need to have a true encounter with Jesus to see who it is he really called you to be. Takes them to a marriage conference where they encounter Jesus in a way that changes their lives and their hearts forever. They begin to get vision. They begin to see the things that God wants to do, begin to see the things that God can do in their city and in their ministry. And we can stand before you today and say that our God is the supplier of all of our needs. He loves us. He went beyond our story. He knew what we can be from the day we were born. He knew he designed us. He gave us a purpose. He gave us a vision. He gave us a destiny. And because of him, we can walk in freedom. Because of him, we can get with these young people and say, God loves you. He doesn't care what you've done. He's going to lead you to your purpose and destiny because of who he's designed you to be. And I encourage you today to have an encounter with Jesus that will change you for the rest of your life. That will change the way you see life in itself. It will change the people around you. It will change the direction of your family. It will change the direction of your career. All because he loves you that much and it goes beyond your story. We're going to worship. And I just encourage you to open your heart. I encourage you to lift your hands. And we're going to sing a love song to him because he's going to change our hearts in a way like never before. We will have the altar workers available. If you want to come up for prayer, please do. If you want to connect with someone, they've been praying all week just for you. They've been praying all week just to speak into your life. If you need healing, you need restoration of your family, come on up. But we just encourage you to worship. Encourage you to lift up your hearts to the Lord.
you're getting ministered to uh, please just continue to press in the altars are going to remain open but if you do need to go uh, that's okay just know that we love you we're thinking of you this week Uh, if it's your first time here welcome home Uh, thank you for allowing us as a youth ministry to minister to you today Uh, I just want to pray for you all Uh, Lord I thank you for every person that's here every family that's represented Lord we thank you that we get to hear of this man named Saul who tormented and persecuted the people of you who later on went and wrote the so many chapters of the new testament and was used by you to do great and mighty things to take the gospel to the world lord we ask that you use us help us to understand that our story doesn't define us our history doesn't define us we are only defined by the love of jesus by the call of god on our life we ask that we continue to encounter you daily continue to seek you daily lord i pray for safety over every family here Continue to speak to them and minister to them as they leave this place. Bless them to have a good week, to have joy, to show kindness to one another. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week.